a lot of barbers, hairstylists, braiders. Um, you know, when you guys get to the point where maybe you wanna buy something or you just want to get a paycheck, a W-2 from a company, which is your company, you will hire out a payroll service and put yourselves on payroll. But a lot of you forget to do this one step and then that is what's causing you to pay more in taxes. Building wealth has a lot more twists and turns when you're a business owner. Welcome to the Money Savvy CEO Podcast, where we talk about entrepreneurship, money, taxes, and investing. I'm your host, Jen Druby, the hair-obsessed serial entrepreneur, tax specialist, and financial coach. Now let's jump right on in. What's up, guys? In this episode, I really want to talk a little bit more about those of you who put yourselves on payroll and you do it without telling the IRS that you want to be taxed as an S-Corp. And then in the second part of this episode, I'm going to walk you through how to fill out the form that the IRS requires when you want to put yourself on payroll, aka when you want to be taxed as an S-Corp. And then I'm going to show you what happens when you don't tell the IRS that you want to be taxed as an S-Corp, but you still put yourself on payroll. So um, if you are listening to this on the podcast, make sure you check out this episode on YouTube so that you can see um, what I have up behind me, which is on my whiteboard, and uh, so that you can follow along. It's a little easier. You'll still be able to you know, follow along if you are just on the audio version, but if you really just want a visual, if you're a visual person, you may wanna check out this episode on YouTube as well. All right, so let's jump right on in. I think before I, I mentioned to you that when you are a sole proprietor or if you are a single member, LLC, the government, the IRS, looks at your LLC as a disregarded entity. So they treat you the exact same way they treat sole proprietors as far as how you're taxed. So the way this looks is you have a business, right? So let's take a braider, for example. You, are, you have your own braiding um, company and business, and that company is a single member LLC. So the way you are to pay yourself is you, the business gets money and then you take withdrawals from that business and pay yourself. Now, when you do that, you are essentially, um, LLCs are a pass-through entity. So that means the tax for the company passes through the company and to you personally. So the way that looks is, at the end of the year, when you file your taxes, you're filling out a regular personal tax return, which is the 1040. I don't want you to get caught up on names. That's just, you know, something that, I mean, that's what it's called, but don't worry about that. So when you fill, when you um, fill out that tax form or when a tax professional fills out that tax form, they attach what's called a Schedule C. And I'm sure you've heard of it if you've been in business and that's the form where you add up or list all of your income and then all of your expenses in the business and that's when you get to your profit or your or your loss from business activities so that schedule c is where the self-employment tax is calculated and then on that personal tax form it's showing you or um, calculating how much is due in self-employment tax Okay, 
Um, and then you have the personal tax form, which is um, calculating your personal income tax on the federal level. So that's the way it looks when you are a single member LLC or if you are a sole proprietor and you don't have a, a business entity. This is the way the IRS taxes you, okay? Now, if we look at someone who is a single member LLC who has asked the government to tax them as an S corp and that and then you're putting yourself on payroll the way that looks is your business is no longer just taking withdrawals to pay you you're putting yourself on payroll so your business is you know cutting you a check from you know Brader ABC LLC um, is cutting a check to the owner so you have the business is um, using a pay payroll service to pay the owner and if you these are my stick people for those who are listening to podcasts when you check out the video my drawing skills are not great but this stick person is the business owner so what happens is this business will fill out a form called the 1120s or s1120 and what that form is doing is it's an informational form that's required for you to send off to the um, IRS. And this form is calculating all of your business expenses. It's, it almost takes the place of your Schedule C. But what this form does is it tells the government, tells the IRS um, how much money you paid yourself as the owner on W-2 wages on your payroll. So, um, and then any money that's left over is considered a dividend, okay? So that's important to understand. So the way this looks is the, the business is filling out this tax form, sending that off to the IRS for informational purposes. That's always um, required from the business. But an LLC tax as an S-Corp is still considered a pass-through entity, which means the business does not pay taxes, but the taxes of the business passes through to the owner and the owner has to pay that tax. So you still fill out that 1040, that personal tax form, but now you don't have a Schedule C. So we're not calculating the self-employment tax because the payroll already did that for you. And then what's left over in the dividends is only taxed at the income tax level. So that is how the two business structures are taxed now what what i'm seeing a lot of is you will have business owners just put themselves on payroll and without telling the irs that they want to be taxed as an s corp so essentially what is happening is you're putting yourself on payroll and when you have that payroll service, they're already calculating the um, federal employment taxes and the state taxes. And then you come and you still have to file a Schedule C and now they're taxing you self-employment tax. Well, if you see, remember when you're an S Corp, you don't have self-employment tax because it's already being taken out in payroll. So do you see how when you don't fill that form out, when you don't tell the IRS that you wanna be taxed as an S-Corp, you're actually hurting yourself. You're not helping yourself because now you're actually paying more in taxes instead of less. So that's why it's so important 
to make sure that you um, take time, fill out this tax form, just letting the IRS know that you want to be taxed as an S Corp and put yourself on the payroll. So now we're going to go into how to fill out the form. And um, so we'll be right back. All right, welcome back. So now I'm going to guide you through filling out this form 2553. And again, if you are on the audio version, you'll want to make sure that you check out the episode on YouTube so you can follow along um, when you have the form up near you or if you want to follow along on the screen. If you are watching this YouTube video, I'm going to have the form either, you know, somewhere on the screen, either here, either here or here. But um, I'm going to be looking at my computer because I want to make sure that I have um, all of the boxes and I can explain everything to you. So one thing before I jump in, I do want to mention here that this form can be filled out by LLCs or C corporations. Now I'm going to explain how to fill this out if you are an LLC. Now, if you are a C corp, you may want to stop this now because this won't pertain to you. Um, and I'm doing LLCs because most, you know, CEOs in the hair industry are LLCs. So that's, those are my folks. So that's what I'm talking to. <laughs> um, but again, you can be a C Corp and be taxed as an S Corp, but I'm talking to those who are LLCs who want to be taxed as an S Corp. If you are a sole proprietor, if you do not have an entity, business entity, then just stop this video right now because you need to go and get a LLC first. All right, so now we're all on the same page. Part one of this form is called election information. So the first box that you see, it's called name. Now, the name that goes here is the name of your entity. So this is your LLC. And I think in the example that I made earlier, I think I called it Brader ABC or Brader 123 LLC. I can't remember, but whatever it is, that is the name that you would put in that box one. Now it's not titled box one, but it's the first box. So the next box under that is number, street, and room, or suite number. And then it says, if a PO box, see instructions. Now what you're putting here is the address of your um, corporate, your entity, right? So you are adding that address, just the number street and room or suite number. Now, if you have an address that the um, USPS, the Postal Service, does not deliver to, then you can add a P.O. box. Now, it's so strange because I didn't realize this, but not every address is deliverable. So... I don't even know how I figured that out, but yeah, they're not deliverable. So that, that's why they have this kind of, you know, this note here, the if appeal box, the instructions. So basically if you have an address, but it's, you know, the post office doesn't come there, then you can put the PO box. Now below that, I call it box three, you have city or town, state or province, country and zip code. So this is where you put the remaining um, por portion of your business address. Now, you want to make sure this is the the address that is on official documents. So let's say you, when you um, set up your LLC, you had, you know, a virtual address, which is really what I recommend people doing. Because 
you know, you can always, you may change where you're working, especially if maybe you're booth renting or you're working in a, a salon suite or you're doing hair out of your home. Um, you may change. You may not be there forever. So if you pay for a virtual address, it's like, you know, you always have it. So that's what I always recommend to my clients. So that's what I'm recommending to you. But I just want you to put the address that's on your documents. So again, whatever is on there, that's what I want you to put here. Now we have on the side of box one, eight, one, two, and three, again, which are not numbered one, two, and three, you have boxes A, B, and C. Now those are numbered. So in box A, it says employer identification number. So this is that EIN number that was issued by the IRS. Now, not every LLC has an EIN. So if you do not have an EIN, I want you to press pause. And if you are um, at a computer, well, well, not necessarily. It doesn't have to be at a computer. You could be on your cell phone. Um, I want you to go to irs.gov and you can get an EIN number in two minutes. It's free. Don't pay it. Don't pay for it. And um, yeah, but if you're not even, if you don't have an EIN, maybe you shouldn't even be doing an S-Corp. Um, you need to back up a little bit because that tells me that you don't even have a business bank account. No judgment, you know, but just doing some things in order. So that's box A. Box B, it says date incorporated. Now this is, you're going to enter the date the entity was approved to be incorporated. So this can be found in the articles of incorporation or other legal document that, you know, created your entity. So that's the, the date that you want to add here. Now box C is the state of incorporation. That's pretty simple. The state that you, um, you know, you started your LLC in. All right. So now we're going down the list. So next it says, um, it's box D or line D. It says, check the applicable box or boxes. If the corporation entity, um, after applying for the EIN shown in above has changed its either name or address. So when you um, selected or when you registered for your EIN, if now today, like if you're looking at your, your, um, your letter from the IRS with your EIN number on it, if that is not your current business name or address, then that's when you want to, to check these, because that means that the information isn't going to line up and that's going to be important. So you just want to make sure you have that there. But if they are the same, you don't have to worry about checking either one of those boxes. Now for line E, it says enter the election effective date. Well, it actually says election is to be effective for tax year beginning and then it has month, day, year. Okay. So this box is important because this is where you're telling the IRS that you want to start being taxed as an S corp. Now for, if you are, if you've been in business for more than a year, if this is not your first year in business, then you should just put January one. If that's like your, your calendar year, which most people, I think most people who are, um, 
you know, in the hair industry have the calendar year. So that means you, your year is based on January to December, January 1st to December 31st. So you just want to put here that your effective tax year is going to begin January 1 for the next year. Now, be careful here because you can only do this um, after no later than two months and 15 days after the date entered in box E. Now, this just means that if you are um, filling this out at the beginning of the year, you can't do that after, was that, I think that's March, is it, no, March 15th, I think. I may be wrong. Yes. <laughs> March 15th, because two months, so you have January, February, end of February, that'll be like February 28th or 29th, depending on the leap year. And then you'll have 15 days after that, which is March 15th. So if you, if it is after March 15th of the year that you want to be start, that you want to start being taxed as an S corp, um, you're going to have some issues. So you want to do that before March 15th. Okay. Now, if you are a new business and you want to be taxed as an S Corp right out the gate, then you would put, um, you would do that no later than two months and 15 days after your business starts. Does that make sense? Because then you're telling them that you want to be taxed as an S Corp from the beginning. All right. So let's see, where are we? Okay. Yeah. So that's why it says caution, a corporation, you know, parentheses entity making the election for the first year in its existence will usually enter the beginning date of a short tax year that begins on a date other than January 1st. Right. So that's the only time that you'll really put a date other than January 1st is if you are electing to be taxed as an S corp, you know, before, you know, if, if you've never completed a year in business. All right. So moving down to line F, item F. Now this says selected tax year. Now the tax year, the first one, one says calendar year. Now this calendar year is 12 consecutive months beginning January 1 and ending December 31st. Pretty sure that's what the majority of you are going to select. Now a fiscal year is 12 consecutive months ending on any last day of the month except December. Okay. So that's, those are the two that I wanted to explain. So if you, let's say your year starts, um, let's see, just make this easy, February 1st, and then it ends January 31st, that would be a fiscal year. And that's just the year that you have elected to start your business and in your business. And um, like I said, most most LLCs don't do that. So you don't have to worry about it. All right, moving now, we have item G. Now, you wanna, this says if more than 100 shareholders are listed for item J, which is on page two, then che check this box if treating members of a family as one shareholder, da, 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 blah. Okay, basically what this is saying is 
check this box if there are more than 100 shareholders. So as part of an LLC, I'm electing to be taxed as an S-Corp, there are certain things that you, like you, you have to be eligible. So for, um, for a LLC to be taxed as an S-Corp, you have to meet certain requirements. And basically you have to be domestic, um, you have to have no more than a hundred shareholders. Um, you have to know non-resident alien shareholders. Um, you can only have one class of stock and, um, use an acceptable tax year. And then, and another thing is all of the shareholders have to consent to be taxed as an escort. So that's why this box says that if if you have more than a hundred shareholders, they're saying, Hey, if there's more than a hundred, but you consider, um, like a family of, let's say there's a family of 99 and it's you No, a family of a hundred and you, so there are 101 members. They're saying, if you want to treat that entire family as one share, then you check that, which would then make you eligible because now there are only two shareholders or, you know, two people in the LLC. That's what that is. So now we're at item H and this box says name and title of the officer or legal representative whom the IRS can call for more information. So this right here, you enter the name and title of the person and a phone number of a legal representative who the IRS may call for more information. So that you know, for officer, we're talking president, vice president, treasurer, um, but if you're filling this out yourself, you would put president. Um, if someone's doing it for you, then they already know what to put. <laughs> I don't have to tell you that. So item I. So this is, this is a, you know, if you're entering an explanation of the S corporation is being filed late, I'm not teaching you how to file this late. So I'm not going to talk about that. Um, the last thing, well, the next thing is the signature. So it says sign here. Now, this must be signed and dated by president, vice president, treasurer, assistant treasurer, chief accounting officer, or any other corporate officer that is um, authorized to sign. If this form is not signed, it won't be considered timely and you'll have all sorts of issues. So you want to make sure that you sign it. And again, for title, you want to put president. Okay. Just real simple. Just put president. All right, so now going down to, it says it's continued. So we're still in part one. Now we're at item J. Now here, you're gonna enter the name and address in, this, in these boxes, the name and address of each shareholder. Now, if a single member LLC company owns a stock, owns a stock in the corporation, and then the LLC is treated you know, as a disregarder entity, um, you're going to just enter the owner's name and the owner's address. So again, the owner must be eligible to be an S corporation shareholder. That just means you cannot be, um, an alien. You have to be, you know, a U.S. citizen. So in that box, your name and your address will go here and let's see. And then in the box K, this is um, 
the signature and the date. So if you're a single member LLC, your signature goes here and your date goes here. Because remember, when you are electing to be this S corporation, all of the members of the LLC must agree to be taxed as this new entity type. Okay. And then date. So item L, this is where you're going to enter the number of shares each shareholder owns and the date the shares were acquired. Um, so if you are an LLC and there is no stock, you would just enter the uh, percentage of ownership and the date acquired. So if you are a single member LLC, this would be, you would put 100% and then you would just put the date of when the company was formed. Now let's say there are multiple members and it was created together at the same time and let's say it's 50-50. Then you would sign your name and date and you would put 50% and you would put acquired on the date the LLC was created and then the other 50% would go to the other person. They would have to sign as well and then you would just put the same date. But if you bought someone in later and maybe they had less shares let's say it was a 70 30 then you would put 70 percent for you you would put the date that it was started and then whenever that second person whenever that second person came into the business you would put 30 percent and the date that they became a member of the llc all right moving right along we're almost done here so m is the social security number of each person listed and Let's see, N, this is the um, tax hold, the, the uh, shareholders tax year ends on. So this is just gonna put December 31st because your calendar year. All right, so that is, that's pretty much it because part two, you only fill out if um, if this was the um, if you selected a fiscal tax year, and then let's see what is part four. I'm sorry, part three, page four, is for is only for a qualified S subchapter S trust election. I'm not going over that, and that's just going to confuse you. And then part four is for the late corporation classification election representatives. So we don't have to go over that. So once you fill all of that out, you're all set. And now you can send this to the IRS. So there are multiple, there are really two ways to send this to the IRS. And let's see here. You can either mail it. And there are two mailing addresses. Um, and you, you have to, on that, 2553 form at the first page is going to tell you where to mail it and it'll show you all of the states or if you're like me from DC then where you would mail it to um, and then there's another set of states you would mail it to somewhere else um, another thing you could do you could fax it so they have fax numbers and and then you're all set and you just wait to hear back from the IRS typically takes about 60 days, although during the pandemic, it was taken a lot longer, but yeah, this is, this is how you do it. And, and then you'll be all set. 
So I hope this has been helpful. And uh, if you have any questions, leave them in the comments. If you have a recommendation for another video, you want me to walk you through something else, leave it in the comments. And I would love it if you would um, like, rate, and review and share this episode with someone who you know does hair or is booth renting or has their own salon suite but in the hair industry i would love for you to pass this along to them so that they can save some money on their taxes or just make the election themselves and check out this channel for the other videos or the other audio podcast version all right guys until next time uh keep making money and keep it savvy